Hello, this is Beyond the Bell with WASTA, Wisconsin's hub for professional development for anyone working in out-of-school time programs and youth-serving organizations. It's our mission to help you provide the highest quality care to children and their families. If you wish you had an extra tool going into programming to help guide behaviors in a productive way, wish you knew more about how to provide the whole family with support, or you want to enhance your own well-being, then this is the home for you. We know what it's like to feel like you never have enough time or resources to meet everyone's needs, and we're here to support you through the challenges. Stay tuned as we explore new ideas and strategies that you can use right away. I'm Rachel Sharon, health educator with Marshfield Clinic Health System Center for Community Health Advancement and Wisconsin Out-of-School Time Alliance. We're excited you're listening today to our conversation with licensed family therapist Tiffany Kula. Tiffany is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and she's been working with children and families for over 20 years. She works with families, couples, and individuals to help them find healthier and effective ways to communicate and build trust and empathy amongst family members. She's joining us today to talk to us about how to create safe spaces in programming. Welcome, Tiffany. Thank you for having me, Rachel. We don't have to tell those listening that when kids don't feel safe or they're in a state of emotional dysregulation, they can't problem solve. They can't learn or even enjoy activities. And despite our best efforts, things that are often out of our control can trigger kids, whether it's a noise, a look from another kid, or just them being overtired. So creating a safe space in programming can go a long way in helping kids calm down. So first, can you tell us what an actual physical safe space might look like, feel like? What should we include and how should we set it up? Rachel, I definitely agree. Creating a safe place in programming, it definitely promotes children to feel safe physically and emotionally, right? So when we talk about what some of the physical places or safe places might look like is comfort and privacy, ensuring a place in your program where there is maybe somewhere is comfortable or private, allowing that child to have a sense of personal space and security. And this could have uh, soft seating, cushions, cozy comfort corner where they can relax or unwind. Another thing too is looking at calming elements. So many times you hear people talk about soft lighting, soothing colors that are on the walls, sometimes even plants sometimes can just bring a sense of like calming. Sometimes we know that in some programs, whether it's at the Y or really busy atmospheres, sometimes having that white noise machine sometimes helps if you have a cozy corner from there to be in, so it's less distracting for them. Another thing is looking at sensory tools, so whether it's fidget, stress balls, sensory bins, or textile objects that are soft or squishy toys that can help them regulate with their emotions. Again, we're back to like sometimes that visual support. I know with the after school program that I was working with, we had a schedule. So every person that came through the door knew exactly where they needed to be, what was going on, and what was going on at what time, which some sometimes that just causes a very like at peace for some kids that maybe inside are feeling uprooted or feel like a little chaos. So just having that visual support, obviously safety precautions, making sure that there's no wires or anything like that is out and making sure that there's supervision. Supervision is a huge thing when you're working with an after school program or making a child feel safe because they look to adults or older teen um, to be able to be there to, if something does come up, that they can look to have help or assistance. So that's an important thing. I know with the after school program I worked with, again, that personalization of having that space, like them owning it. So them actually like picking what's in it, you know, obviously within reason, but definitely having that. And then with that, having clear boundaries in that space so they feel safe and that even having them come up with the rules and expectations, which is nice because then they own it. So it's part of them. So they take more pride in it. I know that we had kids that had the art, you know, that they made that was really nice um, because 
they felt like that's their ownership of their belongings, of why they want to make sure it looks nice, keep clean, and they didn't destroy it. Also with that safe space, you want to make sure that what's expectations and then what is not too as well. Because, um, and those gentle reminders help, like we don't destroy things, we keep things nice or we clean up after ourselves. Those things can keep that safe space feeling nice for them. Mm -hmm. I think all of that's so interesting because we started off saying like, what does the physical space look like? Mm -hmm. But then you bring in all these other elements that helps create that safety. So it's like setting up your day a certain way Mm -hmm. and making sure the kids are invested in this and involved in it on the front end. So it's not as simple as just like you set it up and it's going to be used exactly how you want it. Mm -hmm. It's those reminders and building into your practice. But those are really some concrete ideas in that of creating that space for sure. And as you're talking, I'm like visualizing my own little Zen space that I want to mm-hmm. create. Yeah. <laughs> but what about those programs who have to like take down and set up every day or like even more extreme, like what if you're a 4-H leader who only has an hour and mm-hmm. you're in the basement of a church or something and you don't have these luxuries of turning down the lighting and stuff? Like how do you create a safe space in those scenarios? That's a good question because that happens a lot. I know that, you know, in our program too as well, we had where we'd be in one room one day and then another the other or we would be in a whole different building because of other things are going on. So having portable bins with maybe, like I said, the cushions or the, the sensory tools of the fidgets things. So then it's an up and go thing. Visuals, like I said, you can have a poster, right? Any of those behavioral management posters, breathing posters, skill building posters, those you can roll up. Sometimes they're laminated so they just can kind of fit in your car back and forth. Routine is huge. So with you just mentioned in regards to maybe being in different locations or um, it's not your space all the time. Having routine is key with kids. So having those routines is important. And communication. This is what's going on today. Really having those things in place. So then that chaos of kind of being here and there is sometimes can be limited in regards to those outbursts. Another thing too, I know with an after school program that we worked with, it was a community connection. So they were out of a school and they were just coming in um, after school to do provide some service. So they talked to the school and they were able to give them like a little closet. So they were able to kind of tuck those things in. But it's really about making those connections with people too as well and seeing what is available in those spaces that you could utilize to keep there. So it's not bringing things back and forth. Absolutely. So this is obviously layered and you started to get into this a couple other times too, but what other ways do we help create safety and programming or how do we create emotional safety for kids overall? Yeah. So building trust and connection, prioritizing, building strong relationships with children is so important, especially being genuine and showing respect and empathy towards them. Kids know when you like them and when you don't, they sense it there, they pick up on it. So taking the time to know them individually, not just, oh, come over here. It's, oh, Johnny, Susie, Sally, like, wow, how was your weekend? You mentioned that you were going to go on a trip. So really showing that you're invested in them can actually open that communication and an honest communication with them. So they feel like a sense of that you see them as a unique person, not just the 36 kid that's here, right? Um, active listening and validating. So active listening is when, you know, you have kids expressing their thoughts and feelings and concerns and you're listening to them and giving their full attention. That's being giving main eye contact with them, providing verbal and nonverbal cues to show that you're engaged, like you kind of move towards them and you're leaning into them so they can see that you're really paying attention to them. Validating the experiences and emotions in those moments and just acknowledging them. I think that's a big thing. So another thing too is like checking in. Sometimes people do like like full circles where they get them all together and kind of reflect on what's been going on or they do like little skits or little um, games. Those are things that are really important too in 
regards to programming and connecting with kids, you get to know a little bit more about them too as well with that. I would say definitely knowing in regards to that you are just, you are more than just a person that comes to work. Many times, like our kids, they, they saw us 20 hours a week, you know, and so sometimes we were the most consistent person they saw. And every day that we showed up was another, again, we're consistently being there for them to lean on, to ask questions, to be another trusted adult in their lives. So you're just more than just coming into a job. Kids really value that. And I think a lot of what you're saying is simple, but so important. Mm -hmm. Because I think this is stuff that a lot of staff in out-of-school time spaces do Mm -hmm. without even thinking about it. But it's helpful to name that that is creating a safe space for kids. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's a lot easier to have to guide someone towards your safe space or redirect a behavior when you've had other conversations with them during right. that day. If the only conversation you're having is regarding a behavior or calming down, that becomes really hard. So that mm-hmm. just that relationship piece might seem obvious, but it goes a long way. It does. And sometimes, you know, maybe your peer or coworker has a better relationship with that child. I always encourage people then to really get to know them, but maybe it's them having that conversation with Johnny or Susie or Sally and you watching and being there to help facilitate that as well. So they know that you do care. I think another thing too is consistency and predictability, being consistent across the board, you know, no favoritism, right? That's a hard time. Kids will point it out and they will let you know. Again, making sure that it's across the board and what it looks like in regards to making sure that we have the routine and the structure the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, just talking about being intentional Mm -hmm. and going into the day thinking like this is a space to create safety and that goes a long way in framing your own mindset Mm -hmm. that way. I know another thing too that we talked about in our programming to definitely embrace um, the emotional and emotional regulation. So we did a lot of mindfulness. So we did a lot of breathing exercises that was part of our programming. So when kids were struggling, they knew this is kind of like what we do. So it wasn't like, oh, if I'm over here taking care of myself, it's going to look bad on or someone's going to judge me. It's It was part of our programming. So if Susie was over there coloring and, and journaling, it was that was her time for herself and it was promoted and it was it was a really healthy thing. So And that's a really good point because there's a lot of programs out there that are working on social emotional learning or teaching those skills. It's always helpful to remember that doing that in one area impacts the rest of the program and so how you don't necessarily have to create more work for yourself either. Right. You can kind of tackle some of these things together. I think you've given us a lot of really good concrete tools to take and run with. Thanks for being here, Tiffany. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And thank you for those listening in. We hope you leave today with a few more tools in your toolbox. Be sure to visit our website and sign up for our emails where we share information about all of our upcoming professional development opportunities.